I should have known I had time to go to the bathroom. <sighs> Regrets. Anybody else got them? Hey, um, okay. In honor of school being back in session, we thought uh, thought we should have a pop quiz this morning. So, in your bulletin, you have a pack sign up, but you also have a radiant Tulare vision and values statement. But there's some things missing here. Oh, if if the four of you who opened this up and looked at it before filled it out. There's bonus points for you. Don't worry. There's bonus points. For those of you who had no idea this was in there, pull it out, and we're just going to verbally fill in the blanks right here, okay? Mark's got some. He's passing out. This won't get you extra points with Jesus, but this will get you extra points with the elders here. So um, those are redeemable at nowhere. So... Um, here we go. Let's verbally fill in the blanks together here. Radiant Church beholds. Oh, yeah. That was a softball lob. If, even if this is like your first time in church this morning, the answer is always Jesus. This is it. We behold Jesus and we put his brilliance on display by living lives obedient to the word of God. And surrendered to the Spirit of God. And devoted to the mission of God. And we do that so that the lost are found. Prodigals return home. Disciples are made. And Chick-fil-A's are, churches are planted. That's right. That is our vision and value statement. Thanks for waiting to put that up there, by the way. You're awesome. That is our aim. It's not this, this month we've been taking time to walk through this and revisit our vision and values, and it's not just so we become familiar or even memorize it or fill in the blanks, which if you look under your seat, you should have your little participation trophy for you waiting. Nobody did it. That's okay. There's nothing there. Don't worry. Don't waste your time. Our hope isn't that we just memorize this, but that we'd actually live this out together as a family of Jesus followers here in Tulare. This is our hope. If you found last week challenging as we looked at being obedient to the word of God, I've got good news for you this week. God sent us a helper. Today, we're looking at living lives surrendered to the spirit of God. This is what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. John 14, 15 to 17. If you love me, keep my commands. In other words... If you want to follow me, if you want to follow after me, if you love me, then be obedient to the word of God. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you, oh, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. This is what Jesus has to say. This is the great introduction to the Holy Spirit as his followers. This is actually a fulfillment of the prophetic promise in Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27. I will give you a new heart. Yes. 
And I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Come on. This is what we need. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Life with the spirit, life in the spirit is not optional for Christ followers. It's also not a luxury. It's not like an upgrade, like I'm going to get the deluxe model. I'm going to live by the Spirit. It's actually necessity. Many of us come from different backgrounds when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Some of us actually have no background with the Holy Spirit, and this is the first that you're hearing that there is a Holy Spirit. How many of you would say that Radiant Church is your first charismatic church that you've been a part of? Me too. How many of you would say, <laughs> actually, Radiant Church's charismaticness is not that charismatic? Like, we're, we're, we're kind of like Taco Bell mild sauce. We haven't, like, upgraded to the fire sauce yet. Lagging a little bit. Well, the good news is we're not trying to be charismatic here. Just like we're not trying to have reformed theology. What we're trying to be is biblical here. This is what we're after. Just like Paul who wrote Romans and raised the dead, we believe that if you are going to live a life obedient to the word of God, then it will lead you to live a life surrendered to the spirit of God. I grew up in a church that didn't talk much about the Holy Spirit. I knew that he was around, like we needed him to round out the Trinity. It would make sense. But he was mostly kind of like that strange uncle that nobody talked about. Like, he was our Bruno, right? Like, we don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. He just is like in the closet making everybody feel awkward. That's, that's it. The first experience that I had with a charismatic group of Christian followers was right after I got saved, I was a teenager, and I went to a worship service here in town, and they were on fire for the Lord. I mean, it was rowdy in there, and I was like, wow. This is great. I really enjoy this right here. People are like actually enjoying being with God. They're like really connecting with him. And I was just sitting there with my hands in my pocket, just happy to be along for the ride. Like, this is great. And then people started speaking in tongues, and I was like, whoa, all right, that's interesting. I don't know what that is, but it seems genuine. It seems like people are really connecting with the Lord, which is what speaking in tongues is. It's your spirit building its spirit up through communicating with the Holy Spirit. And so it seemed like, wow, you're really into this. This is great. Again, I'm here. I've got my hands in my pockets. I'm just happy to be along for the ride. Then everyone saw that I wasn't speaking in tongues. And so they proceeded to march around me speaking in tongues even louder. And I thought, oh, snap. Is, am I going to get like some Holy Spirit, like zap power or something right now? I'm going to start doing this thing. Is this like the coronavirus? Like I'm going to catch it and then start speaking in tongues too? Like just so you know, that didn't happen. What did happen is I left very quickly after the march around Jericho started happening. And I said to, to other people like, oh, I think I was just making them uncomfortable because I wasn't like participating or that was just, just wasn't what I was doing. Really, I was probably just deflecting because I was very uncomfortable and I didn't want to be there anymore. There's been a lot of misunderstanding, misrepresentation, and misinformation when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Some of you grew up in a home where there was a bunch of outward zeal for the Lord. You were in church like seven days a week. 
you got dressed up to the nines. There was a lot of loud, booming sweat rag going, kind of like, yeah. There was a lot of outward zeal, but there wasn't so much internal integrity of walking out what we said that we believed. But just because we've had bad experiences or spotted inconsistencies doesn't mean that we just walk away from this. As my dad would say, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Or in a non-Kentucky way of saying that, it's just because there's misuse doesn't mean we disuse that. If we do not engage and grow in life with the Spirit, we will miss out on the beautiful, life-altering, life-giving gift that God has sent to us. There's two things that I believe God wants us to see clearer together as a community as we learn to live obedient and surrendered to the Spirit of God. And that is, one, the Holy Spirit is a person to know and not a force to possess. The second is the Holy Spirit doesn't make us do anything. He actually helps us do everything that God calls us to do. These are the two things that I believe God would like to shine some light on for us as we learn to grow in our relationship with him and in our obedience to his word and surrender to his spirit and devotion to his mission. The Holy Spirit is a person to know and not a force to possess. This is what Jesus' language is in John 14. The world can't accept him. Not accept it, accept him. He's a person. Since the very beginning, since the garden, God has desired and always intended to be with his people. This is how he created us. It's not just that God wanted to be Lord over us or God for us, but he wanted to be God with us. This is his heart. God has actually hardwired us, each one of us, to desire presence and real connection. Yes, even you introverts who have been avoiding eye contact during this whole service. It does not matter your personality type. God has made you in his image, and he is a relational and personal God. This is true for all of us. We long for this personal connection with God, and the Spirit is the one who delivers it for us. Romans 8, 14 to 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And now if we're children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If you have felt more comfortable in your faith journey just doing things for God, you just love the checklist, you just love the, you know, just tell me what to do, give me my marching orders, and it's been a little more challenging just to be with God. Like, let's just sit here for a little bit, just be with God, just relationally connect with God. The good news is that the Spirit is here to deliver us out of fear of doing something wrong. Oh, I gotta do this. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I gotta do this. And I can't do this. Oh, 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 oh. He's here to deliver us out of fear of doing something wrong and deliver us into the pure joy of being. Being a son 
and being a daughter. Not by our own effort. The Bible's very clear. It's nothing good that you or I did to get there. It's by grace that we've been saved. The Spirit moves us from onward Christian soldiers and actually moves us into joyful, connected, flourishing sons and daughters. This is the work of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been sent to teach us, convince us, remind us, and build us in a confident standing that we really are sons and daughters. He's our great helper. He's our confidant. He's our friend. He's actually the friend that I did not know I needed. And he is the friend that I so desperately longed for in this life. You ever long for a friend that just knew you in and out, that would stick up for you, that didn't matter how crazy you got, they'd just be there? You want a friend like the Holy Spirit. This is what the Word says He brings with Him into our relationship. It's beautiful. 1 Corinthians 2.11, the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. This is awesome. Like, you don't have to wonder what God's thinking about you. You could ask the Holy Spirit. He knows the mind of God. He will tell you what he's thinking about you. 1 Corinthians 2.13, he teaches us. How many of you turn to YouTube, like, constantly to learn how to do something, right? You can turn to the Holy Spirit. He will teach us. And then it says, Jesus tells us that he'll remind us everything that Jesus taught us. Because how many of you need reminders, like, every single day? 1 Corinthians 3.16, he dwells among or within believers, meaning he is here right now. Galatians 4.6, he cries out from within us. Any of you have trouble praying? Like, how am I supposed to pray? Like, you freak out because your family knows now you're a Christian and it's Thanksgiving and so you've got to pray. It's like, oh, buddy, how do I do this thing? Right? Anybody feel like, man, my prayer life stinks really bad? Guess what? The Holy Spirit is here to help us. He fills in the blank when we're just stumbling. Like, I don't know. God, be good to me, please, Lord. Um, uh, he knows our heart. He fills in the blank for us. He searches all things. 1 Corinthians 2.10. Anybody have like a researcher friend? Like, I'm thinking about going to this. Here you go. Here's your itinerary right here. Katie Thompson is this friend for many people, Right? You ever wonder, like, what's going on? Like, what is, what's behind that headline? Like, the Holy Spirit searches all things. He researches for us. Oh, this is actually what's going on here. He intercedes on our behalf, Romans 8, 26 to 27. He strengthens believers, Ephesians 3, 16. He helps us in our weakness, Romans 8, 26. Anybody ever feel weak, need some strength? He's here for you. This is what he brings to the table. Works all things together for our good, Romans 8, 28. Man, you can't make sense of this season that you're in right now. How is this going to work out? You surrender to the Spirit, and you live obedient to the Word of God, and He will work it out for your good. This is what He's doing. Maybe one of the best things He brings into relationship with us is Ephesians 4.30. Oh, man. He's grieved by our sinfulness. 
He is not a friend who just brushes over things. Oh, yeah, no, it's not a big deal, man. Hey, no problem, no problem. He's not sugarcoating anything for us. He gets sad. He's grieved. So much so, it begins to grieve us. He gets bummed out at the right time. Anybody get, got a friend who gets bummed out at the wrong time? Gosh, that's so hard. Anybody got a friend that gets bummed out at the right time? Like they mourn with you when you're mourning? They celebrate with you when you're celebrating? It's appropriate to be grieved by sinfulness in our life, by sin in our life. And the Holy Spirit is not brushing over that. He actually sits with grief, so much so that he brings us into it. And then, then, this godly grief causes us to repent, causes us to seek godly ways and godly living. Man, he's so good. The Holy Spirit helps us have real authentic relationship. We're not just playing games. This is not just religious obligation that we signed up for. Our surrender to the Holy Spirit is actually just us working out our relationship with him. That word surrender can freak out some people, but it's actually just us working out our relationship with him. We grow to trust him, grow to follow his lead, and we actually grow to enjoy him because he leads us constantly to the good life that we're after. Just like every good relationship, there's a few things that it takes to make it work. They're pretty basic. You need time to have a good relationship with somebody. You need communication, like good communication, not just grunts or head nods. And you need to prefer the other person. Welcome to Rachel and I's pre-marriage counseling for anybody who's getting hitched. Time, communication, prefer the other person. I knew Rachel before we got married. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary, and I know her much better now. I've gotten to know all of, all of the things that come along with a person that you spend that much time with, and vice versa. All of the wonderful, magnificent things that come along with that. Not only do I know her better, I actually have a better rhythm of life with her. Like we don't step on each other's toes as much as we used to in the beginning. It's not just about knowing facts about someone that makes like a good relationship happen, right? It's actually being on the same page with somebody, being in sync with that person. In a friendship, if you constantly have to explain yourself, it's tiring. But when you're on the same page, oh man, it's beautiful. It's taken time and loads of communication to find a better rhythm of life together. There's a lot of amens going on in the front right now. And it's also taken me getting over myself and my preferences and my own personality and getting into preferring her and her ways over my own. Like we're going to leave the house whenever she's good and ready to leave the house. I'll be in the van. The AC's on. Whenever you're ready, baby, this is it. I'm here for you. <laughs> this is the exact same thing in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. It takes time. It takes communication. It takes preferring him over ourselves. It takes time. Salvation is instant. You believe in Jesus, you are instantly saved. But sanctification, whew, 
working out your salvation, that is a lifelong journey. It takes communication. Maybe you've stopped talking to the Lord. Maybe you stopped listening to the Lord. But it takes communication. It takes both of those things. You've got to move your mouth. You've got to share what's going on for you. And then you've got to give space to listen to what God is going to feed back to you. I don't know. God keeps, he's so quiet. You give him space to say anything or Anybody want to come over to our house to have relationship conversations later? It takes us preferring his ways over our ways. This is what the word says. His ways are not our ways. So you shouldn't be surprised that it's difficult to shift gears to his ways. It shouldn't catch us off guard. It's not totally easy, but it will always lead us to life. He's the spirit of truth. We kind of know, we kind of have an idea, but he leads us into all things good and all things lovely. Our surrender is relational, not just obligational. So here's what we want to do in committing to build relationally with the Holy Spirit. Is we want to set aside time to talk to him in prayer. You ever prayed to the Holy Spirit? A little weird. Like, you should just try it. I'm not sure if you can. Like, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They all read each other's mail anyway. It's fine. It's getting to the same place. But try this just as a relational move of connecting with the one that God sent to connect us to him. Second thing is listen for his voice. And specifically, I want to urge you to listen to his voice in Scripture. The Holy Spirit's clearest words to us come from Scripture. The Holy Spirit won't speak anything that's contrary to what's in the Bible. This is why it's vital that we read the Scriptures. Not just for inspiration, but we need to know the rhythm of life that Jesus is operating in. We have to get on page with him. A life that's rich in the Spirit will be a life that's rich in the Scripture. Commit to listen to him. In fact, let's do it right now. Let's just give 30 seconds of uninterrupted time. He's here. We came to meet with God. We believe that he speaks. Let's just practice together. Let's be awkward together for a little bit. 30 seconds. Try this. Just ask him, what what do you say Who do you say that I am? Ask him that. 30 seconds. That was 30 seconds right there. How awkward was that for you? Did you hear anything? Did you hear him say anything of who you were? What he thinks about you? Or was it like trying to have a conversation with little kids in the room? Like there were just so many things just bombarding your thoughts. It will take effort to connect 
relationally with God. There's always going to be things pulling our attention away. But let's just commit to this little simple practice every day this week. Just 30 seconds. 30 seconds of an uninterrupted time. You, you have the stage. Holy Spirit, what would you say to me? We're not trying to get religious. Like, oh, i got to get my 30 seconds in. We're trying to get relational. We're, we're trying here. And I need time. You need time to grow in relationship with God. You need communication. You need to start preferring and trusting that his ways are good. The Holy Spirit is a person to live with, to walk with, to experience life with. He is not an X-Men superpower force that turns us into weird mutants. Like, oh no, I'm going to do a bunch of weird stuff now that the Holy Spirit's taken over. Remember, the Holy Spirit doesn't make us do anything. He helps us do everything that God calls us to. This is what he does. He won't make you do anything. He will lead you into everything. Absolutely. One of the best examples I've heard of this, the pictures that I heard was um, Andrew Wilson, who's one of our New Frontiers brothers in the UK, talks about the Holy Spirit being a harbor pilot. So harbor pilots are expert um, sea captains of a harbor. So big ships are coming in from the ocean and they're starting to come down into little narrow paths into a harbor. And these captains of the big vessels, they don't know the harbor very well. So they'll call in to the shore and say, send the harbor pilot. And the harbor pilot will come on board and will not take control of the ship. There's legal purposes for this. Like I won't touch the wheel, but I will suggest to you you're going to want to slow down right here. You're going to want to avoid that. You're going to want to turn left just two clicks here. This is the same for you and I with the Holy Spirit. We were out on the ocean, the big wild ocean, just doing whatever the heck we wanted to do, whenever we wanted to do it. And then we heard the call of God, follow me. And so we decided, yes, we're going to put our faith in Jesus. We're going to follow after him. And then we start down what Jesus calls the narrow path. And it gets a little rocky. It gets a little tricky. So what do we do? We radio into heaven. Send the Holy Spirit. Send the Holy Spirit because we don't know this terrain. But he led Jesus through this terrain before. He's very familiar with this thing called life and all of the temptations and snares that come with it. We need him. And so he'll come on board. But he will not take control of your steering wheel. He will suggest things to you, though, every day. Well, I think maybe you should get up 15 minutes early to pray. You don't have to, but it might help a shipwreck from visiting you. Hey, I'm going to suggest that maybe you don't watch that TV show from now on. Not because everyone who watches it is evil, but it's just not going to do you good in this season. Hey, I'm going to suggest to you that instead of grumbling and complaining, you give thanks. Why don't you count your blessings in this moment? And you can choose. You can choose to go your way because you're very sure that you know how to navigate through this. Or you can choose to surrender and submit to what the Spirit's leading you to do. You can lean in to that. Often we hesitate, I think, to pursue life in the Spirit because we just don't want to be a weird Christian. I don't want to do the weird stuff, Lord. Don't make me do the weird stuff, God. I want to be like a normal Christian that people like. Again, he doesn't make you do weird things. You can stop anytime. 
If anybody says, oh, I just got taken over and I just couldn't stop, well, I mean, you probably could. That's because Jesus died to give us our free will back. We were once slaves to our sin and the power of hell. We had no choice but to be a child of wrath. You couldn't be good if you wanted to be good. But the good news, the gospel, is that Jesus came and he destroyed sin and death. He conquered those enemies of ours. And now he actually presents to us the option of freedom or bondage. Your choice. We absolutely, 100% will do things that will be weird to us and other people as Christians. No doubt about it. It comes with the territory. We do weird things as Christians. Weird things like forgive people. Weird things like confess our sin as sin and not just a bad attitude. We do weird things like bless those who hate us and persecute us. Give what we have to those who don't have it so they could be okay and make it. But we do all of those things as free men and free women. This is what being surrendered to the Spirit looks like for us. Not giving up control, but taking control of our preferences, our personality, and our belief that we know what's best for us. And then we subject those to what the Holy Spirit says to do. Acts 19, Paul shows up to some believer's house and he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, we didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. And I've heard this question, I've read this question, and honestly it struck me as strange and a little bit offensive. Like, was there an option? Was there an option to, like, upgrade to the deluxe package or just stay at the base model? I don't know. When I got filled with the Spirit, when I received the Holy Spirit, I remember being sad, thinking, like, oh, I can't believe I wasted all this time not being in, like, relationship with you. And I was in the shower, and I started singing this song we used to sing at the Church of Christ. Holy Spirit, dwell in me. Touch my eyes that I might see all your goodness, grace, and power. Stay beside me every hour. Be my drink, be my living bread. Keep me sheltered, keep me fed. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, dwell in me. And I just felt like I heard him say, see? been with you the whole time. When you put your faith in Jesus, he puts his spirit in you. The question, did you receive him, doesn't mean did you get him? Did, did, you, did he like leak out of you? Did you forget your goodie bag at the door? The question is, did you expect him? Did you embrace him? Did you welcome him in with a hug? Did you say, come on in, I've been waiting for you? Did you receive him like that? Was he an expected guest or an unexpected guest that you just kept in the living room until you could figure out what to do? 
Ephesians 5 commands us to be filled with the Spirit. And this word filled means again and again and again and again and again and again. And this is how we're going to end our time this morning. If you have never taken a moment to receive, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to welcome him in with a full embrace, we want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. You don't have to have some kind of fancy dance moves or you just have to have a genuine heart that says, I want you and I need you. I need you to make good on everything that Jesus said you would do in my life because I'm struggling here. And if you've received the Holy Spirit, if you've been filled, if you've been baptized in him, be filled again this morning. You need a top off. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Would you stand to your feet? Sarah, would you come? And team? We ran over because we had three preachers here this morning. (laughs) So there's that. But here's what we want to do. We just want to make a little bit of space. It's okay. Want to make some space. If you're here and you've never received the Holy Spirit, you've never welcomed him in, just want you to close your eyes and begin to do that in your own language, your own way. If you've received him, if he is living in you, if you've been enjoying relationship, just let him know. Again, right now, just open your hands to him and say, come on in. There's more. There's more. There's more of you. Where else is he leading you? What new ways is he growing you in this season? If you're struggling to find language, you could just pray this. Holy Spirit, I'm here. And I believe you're here with me. And I welcome you in with a full embrace. Be my guide. Be my comforter. Be my friend. Be all to me that Christ said you would be. Let's just sit here for a little bit. There's a couple ways that we could respond right now. You could just continue to sit. Continue to listen. Continue to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit. If it's been a while, you've got plenty to catch up on. You can stay in this posture. We're also going to worship because this is what the Holy Spirit does. He magnifies Jesus. He makes much of Jesus. This isn't about just you and your personal relationship with him. This is much more than that. The Holy Spirit is the most missional person on planet earth. He is the one that's building the kingdom of God in you and through you. So he will lead us to make much of Jesus, not much of our circumstances. So we can enter into worship with him, make much of Jesus with him. Maybe the gifts will begin to flow and maybe you'll have an exhortation that you think is, is, is for the body or maybe for somebody that you're sitting next to, maybe somebody that you've seen this morning but they're sitting across the room and you can move towards them because this isn't a space for professionals to minister. This is a space for the body of God, the family of God to build each other up through the Holy Spirit. 
So we're going to make some space. We're going to worship for the next five minutes or so. If you feel like, ooh, there's like a scripture or there's an uh, exhortation maybe that's bubbling up. You don't know if it's for you or for someone or for the whole church, you can come up here. That's why we have elders up front that can help you discern and walk through that. If you know it's for yourself, then just receive it. If you know it's for the person you're standing next to, then you can share it. But let's just stay here for a little bit.